Yes, good morning. Must admit, a tad excited. Why? Because Rugby League pre-season trial action is on tonight. The pre-season challenge. Fox League have the coverage. I'm off to Belmore tonight. Bulldogs v Storm, folks. We are back underway. Good morning. If you're listening on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney, and for the first hour, we welcome you listening on SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane. Patton Heels, of course, along from 6 AM Queensland time. Or if you're not, or if you're listening, if you're not listening, we, you're probably not listening. Uh, but if you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network, good morning to you on the app or you're listening belatedly on the podcast. Hope you've had a good time. Thank you for tuning in any way you can. Uh, Valentine's Day yesterday. Brandy, as I welcome you, there's an outstanding piece, and, and Sports Better, one of our uh, partners here on The Breakfast Show, Hammy Goodman, as we know, an extraordinary talent, has posted a video on the Sports Bet site, what he did with his better half for Valentine's Day, blindfolded her, put her in the car, drove her off to a secret location. He took her to the Marsh Cup at North Sydney Oval. <laughs> it's a very, very good piece. Um, going along to the Marsh Cup, where New South Wales had a win uh, yesterday over Victoria. Hope you had a very, very happy Valentine's Day. Well, I did. I, I had a good day, Bossy. Uh, and I, well, part of the day involved watching a little bit of the Marsh Cup. Marsh Cup, nice. <laughs> I spent about half an hour watching the Marsh Cup. Had it on, left it on, had some things to do, but the Marsh Cup was on. And uh, then rain came. I didn't know if we made it back on the field for a win, but we apparently we did. So New South Wales into yes. the final of the Marsh Cup. That's That's good news. What's it again? That's Duckworth good. Lewis Stern, isn't it? Duck, yeah, it's okay. not the Duckworth Lewis, it's the Duckworth Lewis Stern. That third bloke came into the party and got in late. Mm-hmm. Now he's Moses Enrique's got plenty. But in the, in the Victorian innings, um, uh, the um, the efforts were uh, quite uh, astounding. The big scores posted. Thomas Rogers, don't know much about him, 196 off 142. Yeah, Tom Rogers. You make 196 and you're in the beaten side. That's disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, North Sydney Oval though. Three twenty-one, I think, True. was their total. So North Sydney Oval, very small boundary. So, uh, quite often oh. they rack up some big scores when played there. Uh, what else did I do on Valentine's Day? I, I played tennis. Yeah, had a game for All tennis. Right. Remember, I, I said yesterday. Yeah, tennis Bruising, was lined up. Bruising, Cooper yeah. Cronk. You, you slipped that name in, but who were mm. the others? Were there others that were going? Well, to, there was. Others, go, wow. I, yeah. No. Well, there was others. Cooper, Cooper was there in in fine touch too. Cooper is, I and Cooper hasn't played much tennis, but you can see that Cooper is, whatever he does, he wants to do it well, right? <laughs> and he's someone that oh, I think, yeah, he's 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 pretty good, pretty handy with the tennis racket and the golf clubs. Right. So that was mm. your day. That's very. That was romantic. my day. A bit of Marsh yeah. Cup, bit of tennis without tennis. Yeah. No, nice, nice, nice. Well, 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 your day because you you do have footy tonight, and yeah, we yeah, we touched nothing. briefly yeah. on the preparation that you have to do for oh, the wow. preseason challenge games because there is there must be a dozen players in each team throughout the preseason oh, challenge. Oh, mate, well, you're under clubbing. You're under no, clubbing, Brandy. No, it doesn't in each oh, team. Oh, in each team. Oh, well, yes, yes. Something, some you know, more. Around, around, yeah, you're yeah. getting close to double figures in each team yep. that you don't know, that you've never seen, um, yep. and you have to learn a bit about them. So for you and the, do- the dogs and the, the Storm who do battle mm. at Belmore tonight, you, you made a phone call to Gus. You've got to get the lowdown on some of his players. Lowdown, lowdown. How was Gus? Well, the, well, there's fifty. Well, there's fifty-six players on show. So, 
it seems to me that they have put a, a restriction, they put a cap that you, each club can use 28 players and unlimited interchange. So that becomes yeah, absolute uh, lotto balls. I think where Gus is proudest of what Canterbury will turn out tonight at Belmore is that eight of the squad were in their Jersey flag premiership winning side last year. So mm. eight get their chance, and, and none of the eight have played first grade. So, you know, this is, this is a big deal. You know, names like Harry Hayes are going to be running out there tonight. Eli Clark and the setters, who we've, we've seen uh, briefly last year in the preseason challenge, but they've all had good success. Uh, the young half O'Neill, who was the captain of that side, he's a, a big talent. So excited. I mean, this is the point you made yesterday. Opportunity to see these young players. Now, they won't be in round one, but... No. You know, come middle of the year, later in the year, injuries hit and all of a sudden they lob and you say, oh, he's the kid I saw back at the start of the That's year right. and, you know, who, who scored that try or made that break. And, um, yeah, I, I think, again, and, and, yeah, excuse my bias, but oh, I do work for Fox League. I think it's a great service. Yeah, I've been a footy fan all my life and I can remember, you know, trying to keep track of trials. You've got little newspaper reports and a line here or there and you might get a one-camera clip. It's an outstanding coverage now. It is. Really, it's next level. It's next level, and it gets you ready, and it gets you excited uh, for the season, having you, you every know, you, single preseason game covered. Yeah, you know what's become bigger, and that is the coverage of the – and News Limited, the Telegraph certainly um, have held up their end of the bargain covering the, the juniors. The SG Ball, the Harold Matthews, like they, they do previews on on those games. And I think, and when you look online and the coverage that some of the the websites give the juniors, it's enormous. Yeah. I tell you, and another thing, and get a little romantic, you know, it's a Thursday night. I, I wasn't sort of thinking trial matches would be like Thursday, but it's full dress rehearsal for the NRL season. But going back to Belmore, I, you know, I... um. Do I want to go to Belmore every week? The answer is honestly, no. But gee, I like going there. Because it reminds me, as a kid, went to Belmore plenty of times. And um, yeah, you used to train in and then you'd walk down the street and grab something to eat, walk through the park into Belmore. Um, it's still got something. You know, the train line down one end makes it unique mm-hmm. in our NRL. I, I don't know. Do you have a football memory of Belmore, Brandy, from your oh, playing yeah. days? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Belmore. Oh, Belmore. Well, when the hill was packed. Vossi, I came... I, well, I, I started in 84, so the dogs were the dogs of war um, yeah. in, in 84. Like, they had a brutal pack. But I... Yeah, my... 83, when I was still at school, Paul Langmack was playing. He left Fairfield mm. in 82. He was playing yeah. for the dogs in 83. So... And I used to stay at his house every so often in, instead of driving home to Penrith. Right. So I'd stay... So I'd sometimes I'd go to Enemy train... territory. <laughs> well, I'd go into Belt. I, I would. I'd go and watch him train with... Because Mick Hardis was the coach of the 23s mm. and he coached our school side. So yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd go to Bulldogs training in 83 while I was still at school, watch the Bulldogs mm. train. Uh, and then 84, I was playing against them. And we had some... Uh, <laughs> They were brutal. The dogs. Well, you would have actually. You would have played Parramatta at Belmore because when we Parramatta, did. you know, lost eighty four, eighty five, their yep. home, yeah, exactly, it was Belmore for a couple of seasons through some very good years. It just leads to a question. Look, I'll th- I'll throw it out there because not everyone is as romantic when it comes to rugby league as me in suburban grounds. They say no, they want big stadia policy. They want the creature comforts of you know your Allianz Stadium. Mm. 
But what's your favourite suburban ground? Let us know, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The suburban ground that still ticks the boxes for you, that you like going to. Is there one? Is there one above others? See, as I say, Leichhardt Oval, I, I, I don't complain about the traffic because I don't mind parking a long way away and doing the walk. The walk is part of the day at Leichhardt Oval. Because you know Coming what you're down, getting. In, down to the ground, that's right. So I don't try and park you know, in and around the ground. I'm no. happy to walk down from Roselle, from Victoria You know Road. the deal. That's never been yeah. any different. So, you know, I, I like going to Brookvale Oval. I, you know, I used to love North Sydney Oval, Henson Park. So your favourite suburban ground, is there one that you still like going to above others? If you want to put the slipper into another, you can. But one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let's talk a little bit of a day on from Valentine's Day. Let's get a little romantic about old-fashioned suburban ground. Remember Penrith Park? What about the old vision of Penrith Park? Brandy, you just had a post and rail fence. Like, it yeah. really was a park. It was a park. It was just so a park. Po- it was a par- post and rail fence, just a single rail and that. And the, and the fans would be expected to stand behind that while, while watching the game on the park. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember the old stand there, which, which was just a yeah. little concrete stand. Uh, I don't think it had a roof on it. It was just yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100 seats in it. Uh, text in your favourite grounds as well. Text in your favourite grounds on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Guests coming up today, Ivan Cleary. Um, we got him a Signet Boost Power Bank, so the phone will be on. He's in. Mark Karyanis, of course, will be on the program. Uh, by the way, get your questions in for Ivan. Um, we've got a few carrying over from yesterday, but if you're tuned in now, know that we've got Ivan Cleary coming up after 7 o'clock. You can text in some questions, 0457 736 736. Les Kiss on the program, ready? Yes. Kangaroo Tour with Les Kiss? Uh, 86 Kangaroo Tour with, yep. with Kissy, yeah, who was in the test side and then um, hurt his knee, and I'm pretty sure it was Halifax. And I remember uh, uh, Bill Monaghan, Dr. Bill Monaghan, said, oh, there's a, there's a problem, but it, you should be all right. Now, Les Kiss in the end had to come home and have – a, a total reconstruction, which back in the mid-80s was a huge operation. You know, yeah, you cut yeah, from you the, you know, mid-thigh down to down to your shin and open Fair right up. It, wow, oh, that's, a big, that's a big Horrific. Zip. Horrific. That put an end to oh, Kissy's... Hang uh, on a second. Hang on a second. I'm just going to... So you're saying from mid-thigh mm. down to mid-shin? Yeah. What, the surgeon's just taking a, taking a stab where the, where the <laughs> ligament is or... Wasn't sure, Fossey. I, I remember. I remember Joe Vitanza, you know, who who started with me in in the early mid eighties, and Joe did his knee, and I remember him like it, it took forever for him to come back, and he, the cut on his leg was it had to be had to be ten inches, wow. like it was. It, 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 Man, things have yeah. improved. Why have we got Les Kiss on? We better answer that. Les Kiss is now. Uh, the Les coach. Kiss is the uh, the new coach uh, of the Queensland Reds. Right. So Kissy, who has been coaching overseas for a long time, um, yep. uh, had a stint with the Waratahs back in the early 2000s, but uh, has been overseas coaching in England and Ireland, but uh, oh. is back coaching the Queensland Reds this season. Not everyone's aware that Ivan Cleary didn't come on our show yesterday. Is that correct, Brandy? Not everyone, <laughs> some, some people sort of well, imagined he did come on. Was that because well, we played the song? Well, Vossi, after I uh, yeah, after I jumped, I finished tennis, jumped in the car, and I was listening to Joel and Fletch on the way home, and they said, uh, "Jump on the podcast and listen to the boys this morning." They had Ivan Cleary on.
No, no, not quite. <laughs> Misinformation uh, there, Joel. Didn't quite uh, get the mail. Get so, the so Joel um, didn't, obviously didn't hear us no, interview. No, he, no. Doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't listen at all. Joel's just a uh, <laughs> bullshit artist. Um, Pink. What happened to Pink, Brandy? Pink, because it's over your way. Northern Beach is not my go. Um, Pink denied entry into the Manly Skiff Club on Monday night after staff asked her to provide ID so that she could be signed into the club. And she mm. doesn't have any ID, so they said... Go. They brushed her. So what, what the person and at the door? Turn so her she, away. So Pink. And a so whole bunch of people. Not just her on, on her um, on her, on a pat. She she was there with a group and had a booking. And then I think she paid. She'd paid for the booking as well. So she put a deposit down on the booking uh, sure. to bring some of her entourage yeah. in for dinner at the Manly Skiff Club. And they brushed her. She didn't have any ID. If you were Pink, would you hmm. book? Under the name Pink, or would you go under the... We learnt what her name was the other day. Dan, what's her yeah, real name? Anyone? It was Alicia Moore. Or what was Alicia Moore. Alicia Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good memory. Well done. Alicia mm. Moore. Would she have just made the bookie under Alicia Moore or Pink? Well, it shouldn't have mattered. Like, once she got mm. there, mm. and if it was Alicia Moore, she could say, look, that's my real name, but yeah. here I am. I'm but Pink. But I'm Pink. But what if the person <laughs> at the front desk says, I prove you're Pink? And she have to start going into a little routine. <laughs> I'm not here for your entity. <laughs> like she starts going through. Nope, that's not it. And then she has to go, who knew? Um, and yeah, she just goes through all her songs. I'm just rattling off them yeah. like I'm a big fan. Right. Um, uh, but they, they turned her away. Like was it, that a Robbie Williams song, by the way? It didn't have a happy ending. Sorry? Was that a Robbie Williams song you were singing then? What was that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Shame that's on unbelievable. Shame. On the skiff club, but it could just be a solo act. Just the one person at the door, young young bloke, just not. Uh, Do you no, think she ne- said never been to the fish markets, never been to Bondi Beach, doesn't not a pink fan. No, yeah, just brushed her. Give her the just bezel. brushed her. <laughs> they are embarrassed oh, about it. The skiff yeah. club, oh, a tad. Uh, a bit and late. one last one before a break: false teeth that Sir Winston Churchill wore as he made. His fa- some famous addresses have been snapped up, and that's a bit of a pun, at, uh, at auction for $36,000. His false teeth. Um, Not getting they? What state would they be in? And who, who on earth would buy them? Not really a big yeah. conversation started. wouldn't think, oh, I want to show you something. You go over for a party. Oh, I'll show you something. I just bought you in the way. Oh, yeah, well, you got a car. You know. Well, I, I've never been big on buying anything like that, mm. Bossy. I, I don't, I, you've got no collectibles, have you? Do you collect anything? Uh, like the... A bit of a hoarder, I have to admit. Yes, I do have right. a bit of hoarding. Uh, so you yes. could you could have, no, like, there I'm could not be something. Not, I'm not I'm teeth. The, yes, no, not no, teeth, but no, something a little no. bit uh, left of field. Yeah. Something right. quirky. Throw it out there, do the, throw it out there to our old mates. Weirdest collectibles, let us know. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. What have you got? What have you got that you want to share with the world that, not that you paid 36k for, but you know, that you've you've picked up along the way, maybe at a second-hand store or something or found? Well, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, knowing all the SEN breakfast family, there'll, there'll be some weird stuff out there. Yeah, weird stuff. All righty, let us know. Good start. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Come on the open line. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's let's talk like mates. Just just you know, just us together, having a chat on a Thursday morning, the day where the preseason challenge kicks off in the rugby league and the final round of the NBL tonight. Oh God, bless those Hawks. 
And now on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, the back page with Michael Carianis. Yeah, the big MC. First of all, let's let's not move on from Valentine's Day too quickly. How did you spend it, Michael? Ah, uh, yeah, nah, it's not a thing in my household, boys. Um, we had our wedding anniversary last week, so that's um, what we do. Right, Valentine's Washing. Day is not really a thing. Okay, wow. washing so, the dog. So, just do it, just general well, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a very romantic... I actually went out last night, had a dinner um, cooked by Matt Moran, so it was actually a good night. I just didn't take uh, my wife. You didn't Oh, take you had a good wife. time then. Matt Moran's mm. cooked up the dinner. Uh, where was this? The St. George Elroy Dra- Dragon season launched last night, guys, um, on Valentine's night. So they obviously did all the players a bit of a favour. So they didn't have to uh, arrange anything for the significant others. But it was held at, at St. George Leagues last night. Um, small, like, intimate affair, but, um, you know, the, the Leagues club's undergone some much-needed um, renovations there upstairs. And it, and it looked good. Matt Moran... Um, you know, provided the, the food and it was good. A bit of paella, sausage rolls, some sliders, oh, uh, some lamb skewers. It was nice. It was pretty, pretty, pretty uh, good. Pretty impressive. Okay, so so Dragons Leagues Club, because you know, driving past there, I'm thinking, wow, back in the that was the that was the big show. I remember they they used to hold the Dally M's there. Um, yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, so it's undergone some Renos, has it, and up up to speed yeah. a bit. Well, they're, they're putting together some massive works on it at the moment, and it's like, you know, for when when even when I was growing up, Brandy still had that that vibe to it. You know, probably didn't have the performance the performers that were there. Mm. You know, back in the seventies and eighties, where it was the place to go to in in Sydney. But even throughout the nineties, and you know, all the success that the, that St George had back yep. then, you'd go back to the Leaf Club. Leaf Club was rocking, right? Mm. But in the last twenty years, it's you know, you wouldn't go there. There's nothing. There's no reason to go there for anyone in the area, even post games or, or the like. Wow. But um, they're slowly um, piecing that together as part of a, a big master plan to try and get that league club back up and thriving. That's good. That's good. Uh, now, David Norfolk, we've mentioned him a few times. Uh, basically, uh, the one comment about uh, how he learnt more in five months than ten years at the Tigers. His five months he spent at the yeah. Melbourne Storm. So. Uh, disgruntled employee, um, you know, there's a number of ways you could put it, but um, that that was how he felt. Yeah, this is the quote there, Brandy. I'd say I learnt more in five months than in 10 years at the Tigers. That's got to say something. And, you know, I think it's not just a reflection on the West Tigers, it's a bit of a reflection on, on North Alima as well, because I'm sure once he got to Melbourne, his mindset, mindset shifted, right? Because, we, we, you know, there's no doubt we saw the ability in him um, at times throughout his career, but he just struggled for consistency, was up and down, and, you know, had a string of, um, you know, it wasn't just one coach which dropped him to reserve grade. There was, a you know, a host of them that struggled to get the best out of him at, at the West Tigers, and there's no doubt the West Tigers have had lots of their own issues over the last decade as well, but I think you'll find that that change for, for David Northaluma brought out the best in him, and it's a shame that um, he didn't stay in Melbourne. He wanted to stay in Melbourne. Melbourne wanted to keep him, the West Tigers considered it, but then refused to release him. And then, you know, months later, that they wanted to see him out the door. So I think that was an error by the West Tigers at that time. They should have allowed him to remain at Melbourne. And I think everyone would have won out of that equation. Yeah, interesting one there. Um, now, Vegas Police Chief's presentation to NRL players didn't include commentators. So what, what's in the uh, what's the detail here about what they've got to look out for in Vegas? 
Well, I hope you guys... Are you guys both on the plane? Uh, Voss, Andrew is. Ooh, that's prickly. Andrew is. Okay, well, this Awkward. is for you, Vossie. Take some... Take some, uh, take some notes. Vegas sex trap. It's the front page of the Telegraph today, and they had the the, the top chief uh, of police in in Vegas who oversaw the security around the Super Bowl um, address the clubs and, and players yesterday. And you know there'll be 40 guards surrounding the players, and um, what they were essentially warned. They warned of all the traps that can lure um, unsuspecting customers. I, I guess in in Vegas, and a lot of it's around drink spiking. Um, inviting girls back up to your room where, you know, they tell her to go have a shower and you come out of the shower and you've been asleep. Um, all these sorts of things. So they're just telling the, the, the players just to have their guard up a, a little bit because, um, you know, the bright lights of, of Sin City have claimed a few victims and they're trying to make sure that a couple of these NRL players aren't among them. Shan't be happening with this commentator. Looking forward to the, the work element of it, mate. And, uh, yeah. Mm. And I don't, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm sorry to break the news, but I'm, I'm not paying $3,700 to sit up and watch Bono at the Sphere. Can't so what are you going to do? You, you don't have to pay for the, the, the top rate. Pay the bottom the, rate. The 600 the 700 yeah. Haven't you been in touch with the NRL? Oh, do you want me to do it? That'd be all of my per diems gone in one ticket. <laughs> That's all right. You'll well, never, you, you might never eat. get back. I won't be you. eating. Go see you too, Michael. Were you aware? So you too. Their last night is the uh, night off the games. That's their that's yeah. their, their six month uh, residency there in Vegas at the Sphere. Yes, so, yes. The Sphere is quite. Imp- I didn't go inside the Sphere when I was there in December, but it's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah it looks good. Right. Well, uh, Adam O'Brien has uh, inked that three year extension. The news you brought to us last week. So it's done. Confirmed. Done, confirmed. Adam O'Brien um, will be at the, co- uh, the coach of the Newcastle Knights for at least the next three seasons, which includes this year. His deal expired at the end of this year, so he's got um, a- at least two more years. And um, th- the thing that's interesting about that is that, uh, you know, I think he's on, what, 96 games or-, or something like that. No, only one Newcastle Knights coach has coached more than 100 games, and that's Michael Hagan. So he'll become the second Knights coach this year to coach more than 100 games. Right. Um, and then by the end of this deal, he'll be the most capped Newcastle coach in history. He'll go past Mal Reilly at some stage this year. I think Mal Reilly's on 98 games. And then uh, if he sees this deal out, he'll go past Michael Hagan. Obviously, Hagan and, and Mal Reilly are the only two premiership winning coaches for, for the Newcastle Knights. But yeah, I found that strange that no other Newcastle, co- only one other Newcastle coach had coached 100 games. Yeah, I would, I would, have, I would have thought Mal really was there for for at least a hundred, but obviously not. Uh, Adam O'Brien sure. was was he within a week of not no chance of an extension? Was he? Well, I think he was within a week of yeah. saying, and I think he knew that too. Like he realised the the pressure he was under last year until yeah. they went on yeah. that ten game winning run. Uh, he was yeah. gone. It is it is one of them the most. Uh, one of the most remarkable turnarounds um, that, that we saw from the Newcastle Knights off the back of, of, of Caelan Ponga. But you're right, Brandy, they had this stretch where they had uh, the Bulldogs and the Tigers in back-to-back games. I think that was the order, uh, yep. Bulldogs-Tigers. Um, and if they lost one of those games, I'd say, you know, he was, or well, definitely no chance of an extension and they would have waited to see how, how they went this year because they wouldn't have made the finals. If they lost mm. both of those games, he wouldn't have seen out the year. No way. And then, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And then we've seen how what run what run they went on, and now he's 
now he'll finish up, you know, season this deal out to be the longest serving Knights coach in history. It is remarkable. Yeah. Well, that was that was the game they they put sixty on the dogs. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, Michael, you've done very well, mate, and you're putting in the big ones. Um, Dragons launched last night on deck for us this morning. You'll be back tomorrow as well on the program with David Riccio still on holiday. So, uh, Michael, will do a full wash-up of uh, Bulldogs and Storm tomorrow and preview All-Stars and a big weekend of Rugby League pre-season challenge. Yeah, really looking forward to uh, the fullbacks tonight, seeing Blake Taff and, and Pappenhausen run around and, and Bronson Sherry as well for the Dogs. Mm. Yeah, no good point. There's lots of uh, lots of reasons to tune in and to to watch. Michael Carrier from MC. the Telegraph there at eight minutes to eight. Breakfast powered by Kubota for over forty years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, we'll have Vossioki in a moment. And Les Kiss isn't far away. The Queensland Reds coach stay with us on the home of sport in Sydney. Sen eleven seventy am. Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. Well, what, what an intro that is uh, for the uh, Premiership winning coach, Ivan Cleary, who joins us on the line. Ivan. Brandy, I've never had a better one than that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we, we interviewed Nathan last year and we played Nathan the song and he he loved it. And he said, I, I'm, we, we, we got it out of him. He said, I'm going to play that when Ivan comes into the theatre to address the boys. He said, I'm going to have <laughs> someone tee it up to play it. Did, did it happen? Did no, that's the first I've heard of it. Where is that from? And is that I thought, is that a G up? What is that? No, no. <laughs> Have you made that up? Vossi, Vossi can explain. I, Ivan, we had the, the gentleman, the American gentleman. It'd be surprising, Ivan, that it comes from America. Uh, the the bloke who recorded that song actually sat in a studio over a period of a month and recorded uh, about a thousand names, and uh, <laughs> did everyone. So there's Greg, there's Andrew, there's. <laughs> Muhammad, there's everything. He's got that many songs, um, all named up, just people's names. But your one has resonated with our audience for a long time. In fact, I'd be surprised if it's not your ringtone by the end of the day. <laughs> we can send you over a little uh, clip if you like. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll send it. Send it. Ivan, we've just had a call from Pedro the Rooster. He's come on and said, no chance. End of the line. Can't do it. Can't win four in a row. I'm going to ask you a question. Why can Penrith win four in a row? How does that sound? Uh, well, yeah, I sort of caught the end of that conversation. Um, well, we were told we couldn't win one in a row, two or three. So um, why can we? Well, I don't know. I feel we're, we have the talent to do it. I feel we have the uh, certainly the experience that we've been able to, I guess, create and belief that we understanding now the way we the way we play the way um, we go about things and also probably the experience in, in the big games but you know what it's uh, it is a very even league and I'm sure there's 16 other teams out there they feel like they're in a pretty good position maybe not 16 but yeah that certainly can improve um, and we certainly know we have our hands full uh, for another definitely challenging season Ivan do you, do you get a gauge in the preseason, about the motivation and experience, talent to do it again, even though players have again drifted off to other clubs. Uh, the motivation is that is that something that's been evident? You know that that drive to do it again, and you know that's probably been the downfall of 
you know, many clubs that have won premierships and sort of been in that mix of going back to back, but just fell short. But it seems like it's a it's a completely different group of players that are motivated by I don't I don't know just improvement. Yeah, I think yeah the um, the, the first thing is I, I feel like you can see the motivation in preseason. I mean preseason's the the hardest part of the, the season. I mean, all the listeners would have heard this before. Um, you know, the boys will definitely look forward to the in-season much more than pre-season. So if you're, you know, if you're doing well in pre-season or you're, you know, you're, you're making sacrifices or just getting everything right, you know, putting everything you have into your pre-season, that means your motivation levels are, are pretty high. So it'll, if they're waning a bit, you'll, I think you'll probably see it you know, at that stage of the season. And, yeah, we've just been, like, fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, very, a very motivated group. Uh, it's still reasonably young, our team. Um, even the guys that have been there, you know, for the for the whole, so three or four period, four, three or four-year period, um, you know, they're still, you know, got a long way to go in their careers, uh, many of them. So, yeah, they, uh, they always look to improve as you said and, and this year's been no different so far so um, I guess complacency is a natural human uh, uh, kind of thing but it, it's usually pretty subtle as well it's not probably something you, you, know, you notice straight away but yeah at this point I haven't seen it yet so that's been good. Mm. Fascinating. Figuratively history is one of your biggest opponents Yeah, just so we reinforce it Three premierships in a row is the record, with the one exception. The Dragons won the 11 straight. But you take the Dragons out of the mix. Since rugby league has been played in this country, 1908, no team's won more than three in a row. And that's pretty rare. So, Ivan, have you had to tap into... Have, have you done some research into dynasties in other leagues, in other sports, to see you know, how they've kept the momentum going, how if they do things different? How you is, is there any sort of thing you've uncovered to to take the team to that elusive fourth in a row? Yeah, I, it's a good question, Bossy. I've I've probably done it in the past because, uh, you know, the teams, you know, with the dynasties or the really consistent teams are the ones that I've... Um, they're the ones that I really get influenced by and I'm attracted to. I just always... And I would have loved... I always wanted the team that I was involved in to be, you know, to be like that. So it's something I've probably looked into more in the past. Like at at this present moment, uh, it does cross my mind sometimes, but I must say I haven't really looked into it much more than maybe I have before. Because I think um, the biggest thing for us that we are concentrating on at the moment is just just this season. It's not four in a row. It's kind of one in a row. It's like, it's another season. It's a, you know, we have the trophies in the in the cabinet. You know, the rings are in the drawer. They're they're gone. It's a new season with a new trophy and and new circumstances. And we have a new team. And uh, you know, I, I said that I'm I'm happy with our way our preseason's gone. But you know, I don't know how every other team's going and how much they're going to improve. So um, yeah, it's probably just more about focusing on this season and making sure we evolve and get better. Uh, and if we do that and win enough games, then we'll give ourselves a chance, uh, you know, 
in six months' time, which is a long way away. Uh, now, despite the team or the club winning five premierships, uh, there's no World Club Challenge trophy in the cabinet. Uh, you fly out tomorrow night uh, to take on Wigan next Saturday in Wigan. Um, and I guess, you know, you're talking about motivation. Well, the, the journey begins now, doesn't it? The, the start of the season and what happens in, in England could be important for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting, exciting times. You, you mentioned, you know, we've as a club, we've never, never won one. Um, it's uh, it's the next game for us, so uh, that's sort of the way we like to approach things as well. Like it's, uh, obviously, the preseason's been, you know, phase one of our season, and there's no games sort of attached to that. So it's, we've been very much focusing on just one day at a time in our in our preseason, getting ready for the season because it's just so important. Uh, but we are, yeah, we're now close enough to uh, to that first game, and um, and it's a yeah completely different experience for us. Uh, you know, going over to the UK where the conditions will be different. Um, we'll be the won't have many friends over there, I don't think. Um, and it's a you know high intensity, big stakes game for the first game of your of your season. So there's there's lots of things that are it's a yeah new, and and that's yeah, and it's. That's exciting, and our boys, I know, are really, really looking forward to it and very keen. Um, so, yeah, it's um, exciting times, and it's it's a, it's really over the next week or so. That's really what we'll be focusing on that game, and and then it'll be a, a big long season ahead. But um, yeah, very exciting. We feel honestly uh, quite humbled by the fact that we we get to do this. You know, it's something that we've earned, and um, and a great opportunity for for us as a team to be able to do something that our club's never done before. All right, Ivan, fast money. Answer these questions from uh, those that have texted in this morning. If you can do some short answers here for Ivan. Hi, Ivan. Of the three grand final wins, which is your favourite? That from Marty. Do you have a favourite out of the three? Yeah, no, I don't. They're all just as, as sweet as each other. Uh, I expected that. Okay. Is Nathan now a pro... Oh, <laughs> Mark says... Can uh, you ask the obviously modest Nath, uh, Ivan, is Nathan now approaching Terry Wickey as Panthers' favourite all-time number seven? <laughs> That's a G-up. Uh, hey, Ivan, do you, think, yeah, do you think people's personal opinion on players like Jerome will change after the documentary airs tomorrow? Personally, I love him. Uh, how is the documentary? Uh, yes, I think they, they might change, yes. It's, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's some good stuff from behind the scenes and, and Jerome's uh, spoiler alert but uh, he's one of those so okay. yeah I think it's uh, I think it's good but uh, hopefully everyone else does too Ivan from uh, Jay what's the plan to cover the replacement of uh, Spencer Lenu who's now moved on to the Roosters how are things going to play out there yeah well firstly it's very hard to replace uh, the boys we've lost particularly Spencer and uh, Steve Crichton um it's hard. You can't really replace like for like, um, and there's not a lot of Spencers around, as you've probably seen. So, um, yeah, we've got a few options there. Um, we've got a young fellow, Liam Henry, who plays differently to Spencer, but you know we've got high hopes for Liam. He's been playing really well um, coming through our our system. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to have a good season. Hey boys, a question for Ivan: How is Mav Guy progressing? Is he any chance to be a regular first grader anytime soon? <laughs> 
Paz progressing very well. Um, I think you'll, you'll, you'll definitely see him um, as part of our NRL team this year. All righty, Ivan. Thanks for coming on the program. Um, look forward to having a number of chats throughout the course of the year. You always make yourself available. Um, and uh, and I hope... Look, we'll send you a copy of that song that you can just play around <laughs> home and the Centre of Excellence. I think it'll just... It could be the edge that you have this year. After every win, that song comes on. Ivan, yeah. Ivan, Ivan. Thanks, Ivan. Uh, played a lot. You've got a lot of wins. All right, go ahead. Good on you, Ivan. Short pass to Miles. And it goes to Belcher. A long flutter out there for Kiss. has been knocked down by Hetherington. Hetherington's lost it. Kiss picks it up and scores. What a try. What a mistake. I don't believe it. I see it, but I don't believe it. There you go, Ian Maurice. Now, I reckon Les Kiss might have been 21 when he made his Origin debut. Let's find out. Les Kiss, welcome to Breakfast with Vossy and Brandy. Vossy, Brandy, a long time no talk, guys. Great to be on show, guys. Thank you very much. And, and, and that's a memory. It's one of the most odd tries. I did nothing. All I did was pick up an error and jump over the line. So, But I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Kissy, it's great to have you on. Uh, and, and I informed the boys that, well, we, we toured together. 86 Kangaroo Tour. Yeah, um, and I, yeah, yeah. Kissy, I do remember the night that uh, I think we played Halifax. You hurt your knee. And Doc Monaghan, Doc Bill Monaghan, wasn't sure how bad your knee was. And I remember <laughs> there was me, you, Desi, and might have been Terry Lamb. And I don't know why. Why were we wrestling in, in the room and... Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, this isn't good for Kissy's knee. Like, <laughs> and you needed a reconstruction, didn't you, in the end? Yeah, yeah. I remember the night, and um, I got thrown over. My knee went again, and I went to see um, Doc Monaghan again. I said, I think there's something wrong with that. He just gave me a couple of pills, and I was okay. <laughs> That's just. I know we, we're here to talk rugby union, Les, and there's a lot to focus on, and your life in rugby union. But if we may, just just down memory lane, 1986, you come down to Sydney to play your first year in first grade. You, you achieve mm-hmm. that, you play Origin, and you play for Australia and go on a kangaroo tour. Bloody hell, that's a year. Yeah, yeah. That's a hell of a season. Yeah, it was a bizarre season, really. It was, uh, you know, the North Sydney Bears. I remember when I joined the Bears, the, um, you know, they said, you know, it, it's a, it, a really good ground, North Sydney Oval, you know, you know, the kids are fighting, they jump in the fence and the police catch them and make them go back in and watch the game. You know, that type of thing with the North Sydney Bears. But uh, we had a, we had a good season and, uh, you know, I was really fortunate to, to be able to get the call up. But it, it, it was one of those things, you see it with a few players, don't you, where things just seemed to click and, and it just went on and on. And I, I, I believe one with the with the Australian team that year, Mal or someone got an injury and they called me up and I, I suddenly I'm on the wing. And and it went well for me. So it was a, it was a bizarre year. It started beautifully, and but it ended up ended up with the reconstruction of the knee, as you mentioned there, Brandy. Mm, yeah, not not good. But the start of that tour, before you hurt the knee, before we were wrestling and throwing each other around the whoever's room it was, Wigan at Central Park to open the tour yeah. into first test at Old Trafford. Like, yeah, incredible scenes. Central Park. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a, a better ground full. When we, me and Vossi have been talking suburban grounds this morning, Central Park full is a dream. Yeah, it was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, 
it's memories. You know, you tell people you played and they got turfy on me, they go, no way, no way. But it was it was superb, wasn't it? Yeah, good yeah. good old days. It's good to remember. It's um, you know, from Wigan to you know around the world now with rugby, it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind for sure. But it's it's been an enjoyable journey, I've got to say. All right. Well, let's get to the uh, rugby union chapter of your life. Um, now, I'd be right in saying. Um, how far back are we going? Were you first with the Waratahs like early 2000s? I, how it happened, I was with the London Broncos coaching and um, I got called back to be in Sharpie's coaching team with the Northern Eagles. I'm going back to those days in mm. uh, the late 90s. And uh, and Frank Panisi was the, the manly assistant who, who came aboard and I was the North Sydney Bears uh, assistant that came on with Northern Eagles. And Frank and I are good mates and... He, he helped uh, trigger me up with a, a, a contract with the Springboks. So my first ever rugby was with the Springboks. So you can imagine I'm a skinny young winger over there trying to tell a big African what to do. Uh, it, was, uh, it was bizarre, but it was probably the best education uh, to be introduced in that way with such a, you know, a country that's so embedded in terms of what rugby means to them. So I learned... I learned rugby through the eyes of the Afrikaans first and the, and, and the Zulus and, and of course, and, and, and that wonderful culture they had there. And then I then I had the opportunity to join the Waratahs for six years before I headed north to Ireland, yeah. Uh, did you know anything, like, did you have a liking for rugby? Like, what made you, what made you think, while you're the Northern Eagles, what made you think, well, I'm, I'm going to give rugby a, a crack? And, and, and not only will I give rugby a crack, but I'll be a defensive coach. <laughs> yeah, well, well, don't forget Muggo, John Muggleton had a bit of success, didn't he? And, it, and it, yes. I think it piqued a lot of interest in, in, a, in rugby league coaches uh, uh, that, you know, there's opportunity there. Because I think in the 80s and 90s, you know, all that period, the, the Wallabies were, you know, a very good team to watch and a lot of good things about it. So being involved in rugby, I think, was piqued the interest of a lot of coaches at the time. I was just fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, I think, and it worked out nicely. And, and once it started, I've got to say, uh, guys, once it started, it gets hold of you. It's like anything. You get a new interest in something, and um, it, it, it snowballed. And before I knew it, I'm in Ireland, then I'm in England, and now I'm back at the Reds. It's, it's I, I don't know, you're, it, mm. it doesn't seem real at times, uh, but it's been um, a fantastic experience, I've got to say. Yeah. To be able to be embedded and, and engaged in both the, you know the great games, rugby league and rugby union, to the depth I've had at the level I've had, uh, is a blessing. I, I don't take it for granted. That's for sure. What but, a career you've there, carved out! Yeah, amazing. I, but but I'm thinking, is there an itch you want to scratch with rugby league coaching? Is as that or is that bus passed? Um, I think there will always be an itch, without a doubt. You know, um, you know, maybe maybe a skills role just to help out with club one day. But I don't know because. It's so difficult to get back into, and the, and the calendar of a rugby union career, uh, year is difficult to get out of and get into. So back into something else. But coaching is coaching. I think if you've got, if you understand coaching, what it really is about, it's not just about technique and, and skill. It's about you know how you pull people together, how you how you help young men find themselves in many ways in parts of their life, and and, and you use the medium of the sport to actually find out how good you can be and how, and, and, and what type of human you can become. So. Those types of things are, are all through all types of coaching. So I don't think it would be a tough one to come back in. I'd need some pretty good coaches around me for sure. But um, 
there is an itch, but I, I think it would be passed by now. I've, I've got a mission here now with the Reds. We, we, you know, we open up in the 24th of February, the, the round one, we play the Waratahs. And that's, that's similar to the origin, isn't it? So it's a New South Wales coming up here to play Queensland. And, and you know, to have a, to think that I would have had Maroon, another Maroon jersey on uh, to represent the state, I didn't think it would happen. But it's, um, you know, that's bizarre in its own right. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the 24th. Actually, you know, there's no given. You know, these these types of New South Wales versus Queensland games are massive. So, looking forward to that first game. Uh, Kissy, when you're at uh, when you're at uh, North Sydney, did you ever go out with the boys to the Manly Skiff Club? Did you ever ever get to the Skiff Club? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, probably been too did. many times, mate. <laughs> oh, okay. So you know the Skiff Club well because we've been talking about Pink, who's out here to do a concerts. Uh, she rocked up. She booked a table. She paid a deposit. Oh. She rocked up to the Skiff Club, um, yeah. and wow. and they they said, uh, "Nate, sorry, I can't come in. You haven't got any ID." Now a number of our a number of our oh, listeners are texting in saying, uh, "If Les Kiss was on the door, even since we've learnt that, well, by law you you can't let them in, but would Les let Pink in if he was working on the door?" Oh, mate, without a doubt, I would. I'm actually going to a concert on Friday night here. At some course, I would definitely, definitely let her in through the door. So. Well, that's, that's, just, that's just common sense. Well, but, hey, back in yeah, the day, too, is. a lot of rugby league players, and maybe still is, but a lot of rugby league players have been dormant at league clubs. You know, that's part of their little um, side hustle, employment. their little career, the employment. They would be... Were you ever yeah. a dormant at North Sydney Leagues there, Liz? I reckon you might. Oh, mate, no. My, my motto when I played was when in doubt, run out. You know that guy, so I wouldn't have been any good as a doorman. Bloody hell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, back on the serious stuff, just on one thing, Melbourne Rebels, it brings no joy to anyone. Um, you know, these, these are people's livelihoods being um, placed in jeopardy here. Yesterday, 11 people fired. They've got $17,000 in the bank. There's only four-month contracts on offer. It's a, it's a perilous state. It's a, it's a dreadful situation. Oh, look, it's not good at all in any form, but um, God, I know the ins and outs, but it's 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 not nice when a club goes down. I was at London Irish and last year and we lost, we got pushed out of the competition, 132 people out of a job. You know, it's to manage those types of emotions in a place is tough in, in anyone's world. And I'm not just talking about the, you know, the big boys that play. You know, you've got agents that look after you and help you get somewhere. But the people who work in the office who sell the tickets, there, that that's the toughest space for people in a club people who don't mm. have the same resources that we have uh, it, it, it is sad uh, i know that good people are trying to to find solutions in the best way possible uh, i'll leave that to their pay grade but you know our thoughts with guys like that because it is tough mate and um and not only the big boys as i said there's a lot of people who work there that you know um that that love the club love the sport and, and now they're now they're they're feeling the pain of this so it's not it's not a nice thing for sure Kissy, I don't, I don't know what your relationship is with Eddie Jones, but we, we spoke a lot about Eddie uh, towards the back end of last year following the World Cup. Uh, and then over the break, uh, Eddie becomes the Japanese coach. Um, I wasn't shocked. Uh, did you follow the story and were you shocked when he did end up being announced as the Japanese coach? No, well, I know Eddie pretty well. He was English coach when I was with the London Irish team over there. So we caught up a fair few times there when he's looking at players for his English team. And, you know, I... I was I joined the Waratahs through Bob Dwyer and Eddie Jones back in the day when it happened. So I'm not surprised. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a strange, bizarre world coaching in a way. You know, we, I don't know why some people don't know why we do it, but 
there's a certain reason we do it, but it's a tough gig. And, um, you know, there's a time that, that things didn't quite work out with the Wallabies, obviously. So, you know, coaches, we have to look for the jobs in a very finite world. It's not, there's not jobs everywhere. So I, I wasn't surprised, and it probably suits him. It's probably the market that really suits him now uh, to go back to Japan and see what he can do. But, um, but look, we, you know, I'm focused on trying to do what I can for the Reds. If I, if I can do something well for the Reds that helps Australian rugby and, and, and just gets us back up again, you know, I would, would have done, done my part in that anyway. Well, good start last week. A little touch-up of the uh, New South Wales Waratahs. Les, been an absolute pleasure to catch up and, and cover so many uh, different parts of your life. But I, I'll say this as a rugby league man, you're forever a North Sydney Bear, and that's a tremendous badge of honour to have that you are a North Sydney Bear, Les. So oh, thanks, thanks for coming guys. on the program. Bring back the Bears. Hey? It could be happening. It could be happening. Could be happening. Thanks, good to talk to you. Thanks for guys. Great to chat, and we'll, we'll chat soon. Thank you. There we go. Les Kiss, busy man as well. Now with the Queensland Reds, um, Super Rugby here. It is 27 minutes after 8. What a, what a star Les Kiss was.